yo, welcome to another week of Reasonable Wrestling. Holla, week, holla, holla. Week 10 to be exact. Should I say hola, hola, hola? Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am the Most High Chris. And I am your boy, CT, a.k.a. Chitty Bang. And we are your wrestling podcast tag team champions of the world. Um, we're mm-hmm. proclaiming right now. Um, so we want the gold. We want the gold. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to ACH. Um, so um, let's go ahead. Um, it has. It wasn't really. Yeah, it was a busy week. Um, wrestling was was dope. Um, but my highest spot of the week, which we, what we usually kick off the, uh-huh. the show with, was me going home. Um, I was just in Buffalo uh, for a couple of days. Uh, little bro birthday. Um, he turned 16, sweet 16, so we threw him a surprise party. And What's his name? Cameron, my little brother. Shout out Cameron. to Cameron. <laughs> a happy birthday. So, well, I saw my little bro, saw my grandma, my moms, and my little nieces and nephews, and uh, I spent a lot of time watching wrestling, but not watching wrestling. I spent a lot of time being a wrestler. All my, all they want to do is wrestle, so... Um, That's how it is when I go up there. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'm not so much in the loop, but I do want to say that wrestling was jam packed with a ton of stuff from Raw, mm-hmm. uh, ton of stuff from SmackDown. Raw is kind of our main thing that we watch when I go yeah. home. My little nephews love. Uh, my nephews love Roman Reigns, and my nieces love the whole Raw women's roster. Okay. And then uh, SmackDown, my nieces wasn't there. So I love SmackDown, so mm-hmm. I watched SmackDown. My nephew spent the whole two hours trying to get me to spear him. <laughs> hit him with the spear? He wanted you to hit him with the he spear? Wanted, no, he wanted me to take the spear. Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> and, and, you know, he got a belt, so he kept giving me the belt and was like, give me a championship match. <laughs> like, man, if you That's don't. Cute, That's cute. Get, so yeah, I mean, was, me I, as uncles, I, I've been there. I've been I wrestled my little nieces and nephews just in, back in the day, but uh, they're getting too old for that. <laughs> but I they're did too come, big. I did come home in time. I caught a flight Wednesday night. Came home in time. Me and the homie CT and Millie, mm-hmm. uh, who may make an appearance on this week's episode with yeah. her Millie's takes. We watched NXT, which was dope, and then we watched Two Hundred Five Live together. So uh, we got half of the half of the week. You know, so my high spot had nothing really to do with this week of wrestling. It was just this week of life that kind of revolved around wrestling. And that's what's important is to is to go back to see family and spend that time with them. Um, And while while you just they went to Raw last week, they told me about that. That was they went there. Yeah, so my little brother in Buffalo. Yeah, they because it was in Buffalo. Yeah, so. You know, they gave me tons of stories about Raw. That's what's up. Um, you know, so that was that was dope. That was dope. So shout out, shout out to the family, shout out to Buffalo, and um, let's get really into the week with CT. Make me miss my family. Who has two high spots of the yeah, week? Yeah, I got two high spots. Um, <coughs> I got one that's kind of like more sentimental. I think we all know which one that is, and one that's all you know about the storyline and kayfabe. You know. So let's go first with my sentimental real life one, because I, I think the way they opened up Raw was um, was great. I I think that making it important and making the woman and what they've done important and showcasing them in the way they did and uh, Triple H's speech seemed like it was from the heart. Uh, Stephanie seemed like she was from the heart, and Vince was there. Vince was actually in the ring to be there and uh, show his love too. 
uh, giving the woman that time and that putting them front and center, showcasing them as all right, you've 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 arrived, and we 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 believe in you, and set, setting the stage for them and just making the show about them. I thought was really really dope. I think it's about time we get a women's pay per view. I can't wait to see what they come up with. I know there's a lot of pressure going into the pay per view um, with the women, and I think they are they can they can back it up. I think that they can. I think that they can um, prove us all right when we say we want you know better women's wrestling and give the divas a chance. I think that they're gonna tear the house down. I think there's a lot of pressure, but I think given time and all that they're gonna have. They're going to tear the house down. I believe in them. I have so, to, uh, most faith in them at this point. Well, with that being said, I'll just piggyback on that. I was like, it's well-deserved. Um, we actually have tickets to the Mae Young Classic. That's true. Um, so we, we support uh, women's wrestling. Um, we love the, the Divas women's revolution that started and happened. Um, we, we definitely... As men and just consumers of wrestling appreciate uh, the craftsmanship that's been put in by the women, you know what I mean? They are performers. There are there are entertainers. Um, so to see them get that spotlight, um, all women's pay per view, they deserve it. You know what I mean? They definitely do deserve it. And I think they have an opportunity to um, showcase more than what we've kind of already seen with the potential. I think we really can get an idea of who and what these women can be. Mm. And um, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Too. Uh, I, think- I, I think what's going to happen is they're going to put the very best agents. They're going to put, you know what I mean, the, the production is going to be A1, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if, I think Vince was there as the head of it, but if they just give the pin to Triple H because mm-hmm. he seems to know how to book his women, if they allow I mean, him to write the storyline, like just take as as head creative writer over mm-hmm. what's happening on Raw and SmackDown because those storylines will impact the storyline that's going into this pay per view. Yeah, I think when 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 the show started, all the wrestlers and their whole roster, well, most of the wrestlers on on the on the, on the stage, and Vince was in the ring. And what what was funny is that Vince, you know, he said, oh, welcome to Monday Night Raw. But then Triple H and Stephanie came out, and Vince didn't say anything else after that. Triple H is the one that who really took the reins and, and made that speech that really um, was uh, heartwarming and, and, and from the heart and gave the, just put these women over. So it makes sense that, I think they're kind of angling him as a guy who's, I mean, you, know, you also got to understand, Vince was the businessman who took the money from a country who wouldn't allow the women to even be mm-hmm. on the show. True, true. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Vince can't make that speech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, th- that was Stephanie and Triple H going into Vince's office, in my personal okay. belief, saying, we have to make going this right. Going to bat for them. Yeah, you make like, it right for we, them. We yeah. have to make this right. And because Vince, it, and it Vince, is fucked up. And Vince says, do what you, do, yeah. do what you need. Do what you want. And with that... That as a as a as a boss, for you to have trust in your bosses, your underbosses, mm-hmm. that's obviously that's how you you know you you remain on top. Yeah. So Vince knows when to step in, and he knows when to step out. He knew that contract and that money from Saudi Arabia was really necessary mm-hmm. as an add on. You know what I mean? Like you, you never know 
you know what I mean? You, you, you know, you, you don't know. Yeah. You, you don't know, and, and that money... You don't, and it's business, you know, and at the end of the day, it's a business, and if, you, if somebody's giving you tons of money to put on a show, and they can afford it, and you can, and you, you can pay for fireworks and all that shit, but the one, one caveat is like, oh, we don't want the woman to wrestle, and our culture doesn't, you know, accept that. I personally wouldn't sacrifice my morals, but when it gets to that high of business, I, I don't know what it's like. You know, I don't know what Vince's, um, <clears throat> where his morals stand in terms of sacrificing the woman for that one show. But they are trying to make it up, and I think that it's the right time to do it. It's the perfect time to do it, actually. And every now and then in wrestling, we get real moments, and I think that was a real moment for these women, for the for wrestling as a whole. It was a real moment to open up the show. And so off of that, after all this sentimentality, Sentimental value stuff. You going home in the women's pay per view. Let's get with the shits. Let's get down to the storyline and the cave pave and what we saw this week in wrestling. I think also a high spot of mine was Tommaso Ciampa becoming the NXT champion. It was epic. I, I was there. Chris, you were there with me. Uh, the match was d- dope. as awesome. I think the way they're writing the match with. Um, you know, Ciampa just trying to do any dastardly way to win the title. And then Gargano coming out to try <clears throat> and prevent Ciampa weaves in this whole triple threat dynamic perfectly. So we got Alistair, Gargano, and Ciampa going at it at Brooklyn. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see that match. Yeah, uh, being at NXT, uh, man... It's it's really surreal. First of all, let's just talk about that venue, and it's really surreal being there and watching that and being in that atmosphere. But as we were watching the match, we were like, "He's going over." Mm-hmm. We didn't know how he was going over, mm-hmm. but he was going over. Even Millie said it. Yeah, she's like, I think Millie. Millie she was. She wasn't there, but she watched it on TV. She watched it on TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she. She even like Keeped felt it. it. Yeah. Like, which is a dope story. Yeah. That's a. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a. And you've said it before. Um, you said that Johnny okay. and Champa is the best story in wrestling. Period. I don't think there's no way we can deny that mm-hmm. right now. It's the way one. that and I and I called it where I say Champa has to get the belt before. Mm-hmm. NXT broke you did. and you, you did. So, like, we're semi, you know, I don't want to call us profits, but we we got into this podcast because as film students, we, we like the story that's being told. We mm-hmm. like how the strings are pulled and, and how it's being uh, projected on screen. And um, from the very beginning of their tag team. Yeah, this from the tag, their tag From their tag team where... And if little you threads and of, if you know Johnny Wrestling, you know Psycho Killer. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like that's that's what I mean. Like yeah. so, like you know, by being wrestling nerds or whatever, when they become tag team, they're a makeshift tag team. Yeah. And then we go through them and see the CWC, and then the turn happens in Chicago. That's damn near two years. It's a it's a two years long story that has so many threads of characterization. And I say characterization because that's what 
makes you con- connect with these guys in the way that people do so vitriol. Johnny Gargano's a vitriol reaction of, oh my God, I want him to win. And Tommaso Ciampa has a vitriol reaction of, oh my God, I hate this guy. Unlike anybody I see right now wrestling, it's um, just super real. I mean, even being there, you know, you're over there like, because you said... Gargano, you just, you know, it's all your fault. And the kid is like, what? You know, like the kid, there's a kid in the, when we're there and he called out Gargano and the kid was like, what? How dare you call out Gargano like that? And looked back at Chris with the death stare. (laughs) But, um, yeah, these guys give people authentic, real reactions. The people are just really into this, uh, feud. Alistair is a bit of, um, uh, a, a third wheel, but with Gargano costing him the title, it makes sense that he would want to get it back and have, would have a gripe against Gargano as well. So they, I think they are doing the best they can to interweave him, really interweave him in a way that makes sense. So, But, it, I mean, honestly, I don't mind it being a third will thing because Alistair deserved it as, deserved it as champion. When he got the title, um, his reign has been lackluster, per se. And it's not necessarily because of him. It's just how he's been booked mm-hmm. and his opponents. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't really been able to kind of showcase who he is and why he is that person. You know what I mean? Alistair's going to be hit and miss. He's going to be he's gonna, he's gonna be the guy that... You're going to have his feuds where it's like, oh, this is great. And you're going to have his feuds where it's like, eh, that Alistair feud is like lukewarm. And it's kind of like, as I keep, I keep saying, like Undertaker. Undertaker had a lot of shitty feuds. But Alistair's in that same mold where he no, can get away with it. Stop, stop saying it. Just, I'm will continue say, to say Alistair it. Black is Alistair Black. I know you, it bothers you, but there's something about him that gives me that vibe. And he I'm not saying he's that, Undertaker. My thing is he can't have that vibe without, ha- like, first of all, Tommy in was not Undertaker. So this character is Aleister Black has to give me more than the... How long has he been on the roster? Six, a year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the flashes of who... Okay. The flashes I think you're of... Mis- misconstruing what I'm trying to say. I think that the vein of a guy who hits a pocket where he doesn't always have to be on top, he doesn't always have to win, and he's always going to be taken seriously because he's always a threat. And he's um, a darker type character, too. Those are the only parallels I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that he has the tenure of Undertaker. I'm not saying he's going to have the legacy of Undertaker. I'm just saying that he has a, a, a energy, a vibe that you can just like, all right, you can take this guy's a threat anytime. And he's going to have feuds that are not as captivating, like like maybe like a Laura Sullivan feud, even though I personally didn't mind it so much. Um, those are the parallels I'm trying to make. I'm not saying he's Undertaker and he's going to be the Undertaker. I know it's a big thing to say and I know it's controversial maybe as maybe a you know radical take but I just see him as a guy who can be that you know because Undertaker, Undertaker was like a calming constant and that's what I see Alistair as um if he, that he can that he can be the potential of it well I don't see him being a John Cena you know I see him being a potential constant and being a champion one day but he'll, he'll be in and out you know throughout his career which, I mean, if that's the case, and if, with you explaining it like that, then I'll accept it, but we don't have to keep saying yeah. it. Yeah, I got you. I mean, we'll make the comparisons with Adam Cole and Edge, but I won't keep saying it because I know Adam Cole's ceiling is possibly beyond Edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think people just got to understand what I, what I mean when I say it, and I, maybe I got to explain it better, maybe it's me. 
but that's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's it's he's because why why I compared him today is because I see him as a guy who's gonna have feuds that are not gonna be the main feud, and that's why he hasn't main evented a takeover yet. But he has potential to have some really good stuff. I mean, uh, talk about Alistair Black, Bray Wyatt. Uh, a, a feud could be great. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Also, Finn Balor. Also, back Finn Balor would be freaking fire. I mean, that, if, I, they, if they write it right. Yeah, know? yeah, and I and I think that's also too. I mean, I thought Bray and Finn would be great too. I think, right? I, th- <laughs> I think that's that that has an element of there as well, yeah. where um, the writing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Undertaker was protected for so long, for so you know what I mean. Yeah. And Alistair is too. So mm-hmm. I, I do see the parallel in that. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, my thing is, is that as champion, and Taker has had lackluster Runs. Ri- ri- title reign. Yeah. So, you know, um, but as a whole, I think the three of them, because Alistair obviously is going to take the fall. I think Gargano is going to get crowned. No, T- Tommaso's winning this. No, I don't. Tommaso's not winning in Brooklyn. He's because winning in Brooklyn. I'm telling you right now. There, <laughs> there's no it. other way. There's no other capsulating. Moment a for, moment for, for Johnny for Johnny to get the title. You know what I mean? Be, <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe New maybe in New York. I'm just saying in WrestleMania. I mean, I'm not sure if you're gonna ride it out that long. This is what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Johnny not having a title and not snapping, not turning heel for a whole nother essential what eight months. I mean, we can give him a few with Velveteen after this, and it'll be dope. Velveteen's going up. I think Velveteen will be up by Velveteen might make the surprise Royal Rumble appearance. Huh. That'd be dope. All right. But yeah, moving on. That was my high <laughs> spot. Yeah, so let's move on. It's been a, a we, we talked quite a bit about that triple threat. It's gonna be dope, it's gonna be fire. I mean, we talked Can't about wait. it because it's the best thing in wrestling. It is, it is. Honestly. You know what I mean? I haven't watched a lick of G one. And I told you I'm not gonna watch the G1 until I see Kenny and Ibushi. Okay. That you know what I mean? Like that I see Tama and um Roman talking and Roman talking on Twitter. Talking you know what I mean? Or I see that Sonata and Evo are having good matches and you know, Jay White is still lukewarm. Like so <laughs> <laughs> You just had to throw a shot at Jay White just because it's all right. So uh yeah, so anyways let's move on let's to move on to best friend. Um well What's your best written? Um, my best written, hmm. my best written is a KO and Braun story right now, uh, which is ironic N- because yeah. <laughs> Hold on, yo! If everybody's listening to episode ten, which you are, I need you to then go back and listen to episode nine. I believe it was last. Very, I think it was last week. Literally last week. When you when I said this was a good story, it wasn't though at the time. <laughs> now it is. <laughs> Continue. See, um, <laughs> KL coming out and just gave us, he gave us reasons. He gave us depth. He gave us reasons for their feud and made it deeper than it was before. He came out there and he said, "Hey, you know, after you got thrown off, because if if a nigga threw me off a cage, I'm gonna be tight. I want I'm gonna want revenge." And Kevin Owens, that guy who's spiteful and vengeful. He's not gonna forget that shit. He's gonna want revenge, no matter how big and tough the guy is. So he comes out. He says, "Hey man, I I, I came out here. I try to shake your hand. I try to be your friend. Try, and just because for my for my son, because he was a big fan of yours, and he was wondering maybe one day he could be a tag team champion with you like Nicholas. But no, you ruined all that. You threw me off a cage. You threatened my life, threatened my career. You tried to end my whole thing for me, and you took everything away from me. I'm gonna take everything away from you now." We didn't know what he meant until later on in the night when he had a segment with uh, 
Kurt Angle and Stephanie and Baron Corbin, where he asked uh, to have a match with Bar- um, Braun, sorry, Braun at SummerSlam. And the match will be at SummerSlam, KO versus Braun. And the stipulation will be if KO wins by any way, he gets the money to bank briefcase. And KO, of course, de- delivers it perfectly because he's KO. He, he's, he can, he's just so good at what he does. And also, Braun, his way of talking, he's getting a lot better on the mic. Like he's he's coming into his own on the mic with his promo with the gender coming out and trying to calm him down, and then he's like, "Get these hands, get these hands." He um, gives off the vibe of this brute that is just all just it just seems organic to him, you know, him grabbing the mic from Sunil Singh and just saying, "Hey, you hold this mic up for me," even though Sunil wasn't holding it high enough for him. He's doing things organically. That uh, that's not um, that's not you can tell it's not scripted. You know, Braun's you can he's thinking about these things on the spot and he's doing it and performing it well. So I'm excited to see this develop because they gave us depth finally, some depth to reasons why they would fight. And uh, it, moving on forward, I think it make it adds stakes to that's what it that's the key word. It adds stakes to this match and a reason why I want to watch KO and Braun. Can KO pull it off and get the, the briefcase? Will Braun keep it? And if Braun keeps it, what's going to happen to KO? Will he die? <laughs> SummerSlam, who knows? It's um, it stakes. Adding stakes to this, it means something because it's SummerSlam. You want matches with stakes. You want matches that mean something. I'm sick and tired of seeing matches. They were in a cage match just because. So, like, leading up to Extreme Rules, I was not feeling that. That that whole vibe of just them being in a cage match just because just he was bullying him. That's pretty much the story of Braun bullying KO until they get into a cage match. And he throws them off. So it was weak. Now, after one show, I feel like, oh, they gave me something here. You know? And that's why that's my best friend. I completely foresaw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) No. They're two great performers. Kevin can get pretty much anybody over if you allow him to. Um, Braun is over, mm-hmm. so adding a foundation and a backbone does definitely help <clears throat> this story. Uh, you didn't like the bully being the bully aspect or bully being bullied aspect, um, but to to kind of have, like you said, Kevin, like I said, Kevin Owens weaseling his way into a potential money in the bank briefcase. It's just which perfect. We said at the beginning, Braun didn't need. Of course. And I, if they give it to Kevin, I'd be like, ah, you know, all is forgiven. But it's not even like I didn't like the bully versus bull, bully being bullied storyline. Is that they didn't tell it. They didn't tell that story. You know, and that's the problem I have with WWE writing sometimes. They, like, even with the way they write things, they could tell it on screen so it's more... Um, Transparent of what they're trying to go for. You know, if I have to dig deep and figure like, oh, okay, Kevin Owens has done this in the past and now he's being bullied and, oh, okay, now it's a bully versus bully storyline. I don't want to have to do that when I'm, especially if you're a new fan watching, you're not going to know that. If my girlfriend watches Raw and sees Kevin Owens getting thrown off a cage or he's getting bullied and and his car getting flipped over, she's going to be like, okay, why is that guy picking on this guy? You know, like, what's going on? And then I got to explain that to her. Now, if she hears... Braun say, like, hey, you've always bullied people, and now I'm going to bully you. Take this, you know? And that's how it is. I have no problem with it. So, But they didn't tell that on screen, and that's where I think they failed. 
building up into Extreme Rules. Now, building towards SummerSlam, there's stakes to the match. Uh, Kevin Owens has a purpose. He wants to get his revenge. He's, you know, he's doing it for, you know, he always brings up his son and how, I love how when he brings up his son, because it adds, a, it's, it's who he is. It's part of him. It's, all, it's, it's really, people can relate to that. Oh, man, his son liked the guy and the guy took him out. Like, it's something that people can relate to. People have children. People have, and it's like, if somebody did that to me and, and my children was worried about me, I would want to get revenge too. So it's something that, you can relate to, and that's why that's my best friend for the week. And Turn me like around three sixty, yeah. I mean one one eighty on this, <laughs> real quick. My uh, best friend and sorry SmackDown. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna show you some love. The continued storyline of Dan Bryan, uh, yeah, Dan Bryan and Miss. Um, love the Miss. Mm-hmm. I, I just like everything he does is good, you know. So I have to give you some love. Uh, but my best written of the week was Raw and Elias. Raw was Elias. Okay? <laughs> Raw was Elias. He was he was highlighted every hour. Um they plugged the 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 album or the EP, which is I think is six right now or five right now, top five. Soundtracks oh, uh, right now, so that's crazy. Hopefully, my man gets some coin off of that because <laughs> I mean, people aren't just downloading it; they streaming it and buying it. It's transcending. I mean, to put something like a, a, a album out solo. I think I don't think I've ever. Seen, maybe I'm wrong, but John Cena did it. Cena went platinum before the streams, dog. So we yeah, got that's true. Street Cena, Cena's in a different stratosphere, dog. Yeah. <laughs> but for for someone to legit have the ability to um like Elias Elias has superstar potential. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he has he has superstar potential because he has he's able to step out in these different realms and and be like Elias can be on Kimmo. Elias can be on Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Like those are the things that superstars, Rock, Cena, uh, who else has done Saturday Night Live uh, that week that we know of? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I I can kind of see big things. Mm-hmm. I can see big things with Elias. So my best friend was uh, Elias on Raw. Um, the not so much the production of it because we've always we we continue to miss facial expressions and cuts and things of that nature, but the fact that he was highlighted and um, and and the show was really written for him, even though they had everything else. That's mm-hmm. why I I know it was a high spot, but I wouldn't have wanted it or liked it to. I would have announced it either at the May Young Classic. Or after SummerSlam, or because this was this was essentially the setup for SummerSlam for everything, for all mm-hmm. three. You know what I mean? Or four shows? We throwing two or five live yeah. in there. Um, so for that, it's just it was just a lot. You know, what so I mean? if this it was, was a setup for SummerSlam. Maybe it's maybe it's a lot, but the pay per view. Do you think that? They had the, the album as a setup for SummerSlam. I mean, no, that's I, something else too. It's a three-hour show, mind you. What I'm saying is, they can fit in the woman's announcement. N- well, what I'm what I'm saying is, is that how it 
when, I, when I'm saying the show is written in Elias, how the script was written in Elias, you can tell that the add-in plug-in for Michael Cole on commentary was plugged in from the back and was a write-in from earlier in the day. That what you know what I mean? Like this, I know the projection of what they possibly could have had mm-hmm. for SummerSlam is what they're setting up for. They okay. Obviously, we sat through three, four hours of NXT mm-hmm. because they know what they're setting up for SummerSlam for. Uh-huh. I think WWE as a whole has that whole mentality where they know that that upcoming week was going to be Samoa Joe and AJ. They know that we're really getting Miz Day and Bryan for SummerSlam. They know that we're about to get Roman and Brock for SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. They know we're about to get Seth and Dolph again at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, SummerSlam really came together this week. Yeah, this week. week. Yeah. And this pay-per-view, which is happening in October, really... It could have been enough flavor. I yeah. hear you, I hear you, and I, I'm not going to argue that. Uh, it was still a great moment, and that's why it was my high spot. Uh, I, just to piggyback on the Elias stuff, uh, you said it wasn't well-produced. I think it was wonderfully produced. I think Elias is always well-produced. There were so many good shots of him. There was so many good shots of him with other people interrupting him, shots of them interrupting him and him. And then they have one shot with someone, somebody walking down the rampway and Elias is just there and them like like this bastard from the same shot, the guy's walking down the rampway, you can see Elias in the background. It was greatly produced. And I know I'm not talking about produced right, but that was my best produced this week. You said it wasn't well produced. It wasn't my best produced week because they got eyes on his album throughout the three hours of the show, and they had some... It's just the way they shoot him. You know, the light comes down, you know, Elias is sitting there, he has the guitar, it's like a concert every single time, like a live concert. I think they produce Elias, probably one of the best people to produce on the roster, always. And having him on, on come out every single time and get interrupted, it was comedic, and it was getting people to see, oh, he has an album, oh, he has an album, Repe- repeated... Repetitive, getting that him in front of people that hey, is the album here? Reminding people, and if you didn't tune in the first hour, you're seeing him in the second hour. If you didn't tune in the second hour, you're seeing him in the third hour. And guess what? Go see his album. Go tune into iTunes. That's money right there. That's that's looks. That's that's listens. Those are plays. Those are streams. So that's why I think that was the best produced this week. Even though we weren't talking about best produced, and that's how that's why I said written wise. Well, I mean, I guess we can both. It can be both. Mm -hmm. It can be written well because I think that I, I. I don't necessarily consider that production I, as far as the aspect of plugging him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that constant promotion is written into the script. Okay. You know what I mean? But as far as the presentation okay. of him goes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, he he's very unique in the way that he's presented. Mm-hmm. You know, with the spotlight, with the stew, with the with the guitar strung, you know, and you know, what's well, sh- I mean, since we're at the best producer, do you want to just go? No, we're we're actually at worst written, to be honest. I mean, yeah, but if you want to go to best produced, we can just skip worst written and we'll get back to that later on. We just go out out of order. Yeah, so I just got my best producer out the way. You talk about your best producer of the week. My best producer of the week was AJ and Samoa Joe. I mean, AJ and Samoa Joe, we've kind of been wanting it for a long time. Uh, it may be one of the best non WWE feuds of the last fifteen years. If you kind of follow them in TNA, mm-hmm. um, they got it in uh, Joe and AJ, AJ and uh, Angle, Angle and Joe. Like 
let's throw Christopher Daniels in there too. Can't forget about like so TNA really um, put them two guys on the map, and so for them to finally have the kind of big platform per se, which will be SummerSlam, um, I definitely do. Uh, am excited for that and the presentation and the production of. Who's going to be AJ's new opponent? Who's going to be AJ's next opponent? And TikTok, motherfucker, you find out who it is. It's the big bad Joe of Samoa. Now, okay, I want to ask you, you you think that's your best producer, but why was it produced well? I think that it was produced... Did you not watch that segment? Did you not watch my nigga... First of all, take out the champ, present himself as the beast that he is, and then toss the table for a good little added, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. umph onto it. Go back and watch that segment and look at how that was presented to you as a big time feel. Hey, you want to make your world title mean something? You want to put AJ in legit peril, which he hasn't been, and... He's been champ for a long time. Who's been his real competitor for that title? My problem with this segment, and it's not a problem because it was bad. My problem with this segment is that they start with the James Elvore stuff, and I loved it. I loved the James Elvore. It was funny. You always like that comedy shit. It was funny, but my problem is that it went too fucking long. It went too long. They didn't have to show James Elvore going backstage and getting tossed out. They could just show him getting carried out. What they should have cut to was AJ sitting there in the ring and Joe behind him. That would have been a great shot. And they're like, oh, who's going to be his champion? And just Joe comes out from behind him. And that shot of Joe behind him. But what happened is we got James Ellsworth thrown outside of the arena. And then we cut and Joe's like already beating AJ up. It would have been great to see like Joe just standing there behind AJ for a second, a beat. But they went too long with the with the with the James Ellsworth shit. So it kind of rushed. The end of the show was rushed, man. For the to get the the whole Samoa Joe part was rushed. So I didn't like that. I wanted to be more of a moment. To me, it, it didn't hit as much as it could. Um, as for the match, I am so super excited to see the match. I just hope that they. But then again, I was super excited to see AJ Nakamura and they fucking ran that shit into the ground. My yeah. bad. They ran that shit into the ground like stomped that bitch. Like it was getting. You know, there's something mud hole in that fucking feud. And I don't want to see them do that to AJ and and um, Joe. But they have history together. So did AJ Nakamura. But they have more history together than AJ Nakamura. I think they can put together a really good match SummerSlam. Please don't let me down. I, I can't wait. So, I guess you... If- that sounded like that was your worst produced. No, it wasn't. It wasn't my worst produced. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't my worst produced. But I just had some issues with the production of that. Um, well, since we're going to from uh, good to bad, we're going to loop right back into our worst written. Um, and our my worst written of the um, of the week was. I think we agreed on it. We yeah. both said it was. It was Roman. It was Roman, man. I mean, how can we? <sighs> like, I mean, do we need? We don't really need to spend too much time on it, do we? Like we we've been talking about Roman ad nauseum on this podcast. Uh, we uh, it's going to be Roman and Brock at SummerSlam. Bobby and Roman had a fantastic main event. That's what you want out of a main event on Monday yeah. Night Raw. Um, I would have loved to see Bobby go over because you know, for one, it would have been fresh, refreshing, and for two, I'm rooting for niggas that's black. Black, <laughs> uh, but. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, Roman and Brock. I really, saying. really, really want to see Bobby versus Lashley. I mean, Brock. Bobby versus Lashley. <laughs> Bobby versus Brock at uh, SummerSlam. And he's the same and, people. <laughs> yeah, for real. Bobby versus Brock at SummerSlam because it's brand new. Everybody's been climbing for this match, and everybody's been shitting on Bro- Roman and Brock. And we saw what happened at WrestleMania with the booze. We, we, we're going to get the same thing in New York. Oh, man. You if know? you thought New Orleans was bad with 70,000, I don't think they'll have shit on 20,000 in New York. Part of me feels like that's what they're counting on as WWE. They're counting on us hating this match and booing it. And in my mind, I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why? It's just to get... I mean, I really am confused as to why they perpetuate this match over and keep... Giving us this shit over and over again. Just they should have thrown the belt on at WrestleMania. If they didn't do at WrestleMania, hey, we, should have gave yo, him that we, fucking Grand Royal Rumble. We did, we did this show already. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to go all, off on it, but it's. I'm telling you why it's the worst written. Because at this point, your your guy, the, the baby face, right now has been a crybaby for about five months. Loses to Bobby Lashley, but we can't again. We can't you know, keep again. We can't keep saying he's the guy. Like look down at NXT. Who's the, the right for NXT? It didn't matter who that champion was. They built for two years on the low, Johnny Wrestling to be the face of NXT. He replaced what was Finn Balor, who replaced mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, right? Yeah. For it didn't matter who like Johnny is the show at NXT and it's going to bubble over to where you kind of see that and it's undeniable. Roman in the case is the opposite because he's the shield, no pun intended, for who the real guy of their the future will be. Roman is going to be a great asset but I think Organically, it's not going to happen until he has the main feud where he's a heel against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the only guy who can make Roman Reigns. The only guy. And the only way he can make Roman Reigns is if you if you cap off WrestleMania 35 in New York as Roman either going in as a heel or coming out as a heel. That's it. Uh-huh. It's, that, it's, it's history right from there. Right it's there. history from there. Yeah, and I and I think, but the reason why I the say that is, is that the shit. That, that's why I say. But for the low, over time, they've been making Seth Rollins really. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the guy, you, because you need to have a guy to put a yeah. guy over. Yeah, you, get that. you know what I mean. You need that hot baby face to have that hot heel because when, to make the the territory run. And it's so I completely get the logic of that. Because when Johnny what gets the championship, I, what, what I have a problem with is that right now this is still fucking SummerSlam, man. This is fucking SummerSlam, nigga. SummerSlam, we, we, can, we can we can we can hold off on this Roman CT, shit. Why you? T- why, first of all. You're talking about SummerSlam like it's been good, nigga. The nigga, the we had a struggle. I was like, give me a, a Randy Orton babyface moment, and our fucking last SummerSlam of him being a babyface was a two minute match of him getting Haraway with Brock Lesnar. That was not a champion. That was not SummerSlam. SummerSlam was AJ and John Cena last year. No, SummerSlam. not the not the not last year. Oh, was that SummerSlam? That was SummerSlam, nigga. Oh, okay. Hmm. Anyways, that's still irrelevant to my point. My point is that you want to have the best show. It's just it's it's supposed to be one of your best. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be 
<laughs> it's supposed to be one of your best shows of the year. And you got to give us the same main event you gave us at WrestleMania with that got shut on. It's just, it's redundant. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And, and if you're in New York for that show, Chant, we want something new. Something new. Clap, 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 claps. Just no, come up. Yeah, just chant that shit. <laughs> something new. You know, something. Just something new. Because we need something new, man. Tell, man, t- send the message relax, loud and clear, relax, WWE. Relax, we want something relax, relax. Maybe I should relax, but I, I, you should, it's redundant. Let's because put you're, it Because you're sure. marking out. Because, again, business-wise, we're saying it. Like, once Roman makes the heel run or the nonchalant tweener that, like, stuck in that not Like, once we turn this baby face off and make him a nonchalant tweener who's like, yeah, I do good work. I'm a good guy. Like, I don't hurt nobody. I'm about my business. But if you mess with me, I'll punch you in your face. That's money. That's a guy that can go on TV. You know so, who is, not, so who are the kids going to buy the merch now? It's going to be... Jeff? It's still going to be... Bro, after, you got to think about after it. After Romans turns heel. So I think that's the reason why they keep him this way. Because right now, he's not the kids a, buy he's his not merch. He's a heel. He's a tweener, though. He's a, yeah, a tweener. But he, that's the what kids I'm buy his merch, and the guys hate him. So he's a heel for us, and he's a face for the kids. So if he had turned him heel... I don't think he's a face for the kids per se because my thing is again when we our baby faces we grew up with them and we changed with them at the same time so when when it was when it was Bret Hart you cheer Bret Hart whether he was with the Canadian Stampede or he was the good guy giving shades to kids on the front row because you just like Bret Hart so when you look at Roman Reigns you're gonna fight Kids. That was me though. Kids down. I don't know, man. But I mean, like when Stone Cold turned that broke a lot of hearts. When Hulk Hogan turned that broke a lot of hearts. You know. But that also gained a lot of fans too. That perpetuated and blew up the business. I don't think Stone Cold did. What? When he turned when he turned heel, that that was us pretty much known as a bad decision. Like you know, Stone Cold turning heel created the greatest chant in wrestling history. Which what? Is what? <laughs> that was not the greatest. Probably the worst <laughs> chant. I hate that chant. <laughs> it's probably the worst. And it ch- gave us the best th- yo because Stone Cold can wrestle. Yeah. So- Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices with GoodRx? You can find free coupons at over seventy thousand pharmacies and save up to eighty percent. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Bolin Branch sheets? Is it the 100% organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year, and you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to bowlandbranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L-N-Branch.com today. See site for details. So it gave us our oh my god. Well, my point stands. It did not blow the business up like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan turning heel, yes. Stone Cold turning heel did not blow the business up. Roman turning heel, I think has a potential because it's been so long and we didn't get John Cena. So please give us Roman. Stop <laughs> playing. <laughs> All right, let's wrap that up. Also, yeah, worst written. Also, is is the woman being written throughout the, the night? Because oh no, nigga, I just mother. No, here's the thing. 
the worst because you know why the first segment was so organic and so real that when they write in people backstage saying oh my god are you excited to see the woman pay-per-view evolution it seems so fucking fake Nigga, I'd rather have Finn Balor have a camera confession, a one, the camera on him saying, hey, man, I've watched these women fight and fight and fight for their place here, and they're finally getting it. I'm so proud of them. Rather than have Finn Balor say, hey, uh, who was he talking to? Forget who he was talking to. Like, hey, yeah, I'm so excited for this evolution thing. Can't wait. You know, people, and they did it over and over again. Bo Dallas is like, oh, yeah. Uh, and Curtis Axel said, yeah, you were excited to see Alexa Bliss. Man, bitch, you work with Alexa Bliss. You see her every night. You, I mean, you're going to see her again on the on pay-per-view. Yeah, like, it just was stupid the way they wrote it throughout the night. I think the moment in the, in the start the night off was great. But the way they wrote it throughout the night was so fake and so corny. You know, if you want to, you know, highlight the Evolution pay-per-view throughout the night, show the package and then show people actually talking to the um, camera and being real about how they feel about the woman getting that pay-per-view and the moment that this is, the importance of it. Make it real. Don't make it this, hey, yeah, we're going to, yeah, I'm really happy for these women. So proud, you know, in, in writing-wise because they didn't perform it well and it was it was just it was just garbage. So that was badly written. Uh, that's, that's all. So it's Roman that... Let's squash the worst written, and let's go into worst produced. <laughs> My worst produced uh, will probably be something you don't notice or haven't noticed because you probably don't watch it. Two hundred five live. The goddamn Lucha House Party, or as That's Millie would call them, the Mexican, Mexican New Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Mexican New Day. Oh, oh man. man! Damn it! Yeah, what the fuck are you doing with them? <laughs> yes, they, they, they um had a segment or um a backstage promo where they're talking to the camera, you know, and they're just goofing off and just saying dumb shit. It was just produced poorly, yeah, um, and it just made them look cheap mm-hmm. and like a cheap gimmick. And it's and I think Kalisa is one of the most talented luchadors I've seen in a very long time. Yes, Kalisa. You know? was him very- and Phoenix. Phoenix is oh my god, Phoenix. I saw some shit he did. I saw Slamversary. Unbelievable. <laughs> Phoenix is un- yo. Amina. Phoenix is unreal. But um, Kalisto, he he's great. He's great. And to see him stuck here with um, Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik, both of them are great too. It's just um, just sad, man. And I don't know what's going on with them. They get um, their ass beat by Drew Gulak every week, and word they got destroyed by Drew Gulak, and now they come out and wrestle jobbers or yeah. enhancement talent. I'm sorry, enhancement talent, local talent. With noisemakers and yeah, um, and, so- and uh, Dorado almost killed himself, or I won't say kill himself, but he. I think it was a uh, uh, Tope. Tope, so yeah. in my moral voice, or <laughs> but he clipped himself, and he clipped himself, and uh, um, good tumbled. Yeah, good good catch by by the local talent. Yeah, um, but that could have been bad, and the reason why that that's the reason why I made it my worst. You know my worst produced that just capped that just capped off. Uh, even though they got the win, that botch just capped off what they are as a botch. Them dudes are a botch. So um, yeah, sorry man, sorry Lucha House Party. It's derivative, man. It's like you take you take these guys who are Mexican and just uh, make them what their common denominator is. Oh, what is Mexican people? They're people who like to have fun and you know use noise and are loud and just. 
goofy. It just was it just it's just sad. It's just not something that you could be like, come on, luchadors have such a rich history of being tremendous fighters and tremendous talent. Yeah. It's just um not good. <laughs> So um, that's um, that for worst produced. Well, so because I, I agree that like we're both on the same page with that worst produced. Um, so now that we have wrapped up kind of what our normal weekly things is, is getting to what will be added to our weekly uh, things that we discuss, which is our character flashlight. Yeah, the new segment the we new debuted segment, last yeah. week. Um, so again, if you wasn't with us, your first time hearing us, our character flashlight. Our miniature character spotlights, uh, our character spotlights you can find on our SoundCloud page um, where we just highlight it um, in detail or a long form. Uh, um, a superstar or a wrestler that we kind of appreciate. Um, so our character flashlights is something we'll do week to week on mm-hmm. someone who made strides and something that we see uh, have made strides to just be better and not have anything to do with anybody in the back giving them something to say as far as being a script or being produced well, um, just if we if we see you and uh, we notice uh, the growth in, in in you as a performer, so my character flashlight is actually a commentator. It's going to be um, Percy Watson. Um, I was not a really big proponent or uh, was not a really big guy on him. Um, so it's it's good to see him. It's good to see him. He's gotten, yeah, Percy Watson has uh, totally uh, gotten a lot of, a lot better. You know, he's gotten a lot better. He's making a lot of better calls lately. He hasn't been redundant. He hasn't been a gimmick. He's been real. He's given insight to the matches that adds to it. It's not like, because you can always say as a commentator or a uh, color commentator, just what's happening in the ring. Oh, he just gave the guy a DDT. It's like, nigga, we all saw that he gave him a DDT. We got, you got to give us something extra that we are not seeing or make a reference that we are not seeing to make us completely get what's going on there. Um, Percy Watson made a okay calls. He made some, and he's getting better with the calls he's making as he goes along. So I'm loving seeing his, his growth as a color commentator, and I hope he gets get better. We see him on uh, NXT, and he's, I think he's doing 205 Live now, too. So, shout, shout out to Percy Watson. You're doing your thing. Uh, my character flashlight is going to go to an NXT superstar, a woman's NXT superstar, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, shout Semper out to you. Semper Fi, Semper Fi. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Marines. Shout out to um, Lacey Evans being a, uh, a one of our new, our new woman in NXT that I think is... Is gonna be a, a woman's champion one day. I, I, I see it written all over her that she is woman's champion material. She has a solid gimmick uh, with her woman's rights, uh, kind of like old school woman's rights, uh, woman empowerment, age, uh, classical, regal. Like, what's the word for it? It's more classy, classy type of vibe that she's giving. Her in ring work is getting better. She has some moves, some that I'm seeing she's implementing that are brand new she's powerful yeah i saw her in nxt last week uh live and that girl is cut man like she's built so um she's taking care of herself she got a nice nice body nice look a nice gimmick she can talk on the mic a little bit i've seen her um, backstage segments so i think she's just putting together everything right now things are really clicking for her right now and i, I think she can 
I like, I'm, I'm curious to see how she um, improves from now on. Her heel persona, I think, is um, she has a solid heel persona. She's a solid heel persona that I think can go very far in the business. Yeah, man, I totally agree with you. Uh, Lacey Evans, uh, for one, she's a Marine. Uh, for two, she's a female Marine. And yes, there is a difference because they're tougher than we are. And um, for three, her progression, if we would have asked, like, if Lacey Evans, we didn't, you didn't care for her six months ago. You know what I mean? So to see Lacey Evans uh, kind of make the character development progressions that you need in order for you to captivate and also a heel, man. Um Women heels still make money, especially if you know how to do it right. You know what I mean? Um, so I love the um, the tenacity she brings to the ring. I love the attitude. I love that she can have a positive message if they do want to flip her. You know what I mean? Um, so shout out to Lacey Evans. I think Lacey Evans can be a good contender to a good baby face. Um, I'm not sure who that baby face will be because I think right now Bianca Belair um, is that tweener that may be kind of be classified as a heel. Um, Dakota Kai is that lovable baby face, but do I want to see Dakota Kai and Lacey Candace. Evans? Candice? It's Candice. Ooh. But they, they, they just wrestled recently, right? No, I, don't, I maybe they have, but if they if they did, I don't remember. But I'm talking about a feud, actual like, a, like an actual program. That's the baby face that can do it. And also, Candice Lorraine, let's get it going, okay? You're rest. You're. I'm lying. I was gonna say you're resting on your loins, but you guess you just haven't had a program that hasn't been outside of Johnny. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so since Johnny is attached in a real emotional championship feud, I think to detach Candice, she needs to be put in her own. Feud, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Lacey Evans. I think she's doing a great job. I like what she's doing. So that was a good flashlight by you, CT. Yeah. Uh, so going into our next segment of the week, and which is pretty much one that may be our staple, is Booking Black. And yeah. you brought it up to me who you wanted to do. So go ahead and take it over. Uh, yeah. This week, uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. For Booking Black, we're gonna go with Apollo Cruz. Uh, this week on Raw. We had AOP come out, you know, talk their shit, saying that, yo, we, we're done with this whole Tyus Worldwide bullshit. We want some new competition. We want to fight anybody but Tyus Worldwide. And guess who comes out but Tyus Worldwide. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm like, all right, they're on TV. Let me see what they're going to go with. Uh, they just lost last week. Let's see what happens now. And they give a promo that's not, not bad, you know. It wasn't great. But it was not bad. It was based on uh, Apollo saying, you got to respect this guy. You know, they were, they were showing AOP love, too, too. They were respecting them, but they were saying for Titus, based on Titus, you know, Titus is uh, being a great father and a community activist for his community. Um, so I think that's what the vein you hit with Titus. I think that's where you should go with Titus. But for Paul Cruz, is that why I'm bringing him, him up as my character sp- my I'm sorry, my booking black segment this week is that he performed well on the mic for the first time. For the first time, I believed him on the mic, and I was like, "Huh, all right, Apollo Cruz, you actually delivered your lines in a way that I'm like, all right, he means this." And it, it was something that I don't think was very hard to do because I think Apollo has a bond with Titus right now. I think that Apollo respects Titus, real life, real like real shit. I think Titus 
respects that man and he looks at him as a mentor in the business. So it's easy to go out there and to talk about how you should respect him, how you should respect this guy who is is may fall down all the time, but he's getting back up and he is a positive influence on his community and he's a great dad. And he said it with emphasis and you could see, see you could so you felt like it was real. It came from a real place. It was guttural, real emotion. And that's why um, I want to talk about him one book in black because if T- Apollo Crews can perform like that and perform on the mic that way on a more consistent basis, then he has a higher ceiling than I thought before. And I think that we all know Apollo Uha Nation could could go. It's not a dispute. But can he be a character for the WWE? That's a whole different thing. You know, being in the indies and, and you can get over it with just your work. Right now, Apollo Crews is missing any character development whatsoever. I think that's why it wasn't great to bring him up from NXT because you're seeing that with Ricochet. Yeah, I think that was a bad idea too. You know what I mean? So we're talking about Booking Black. I would like to go ahead and take it all the way back. You know what I mean? Because he could have really developed there and could have found himself as far as what a character they wanted to present. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and I think they saw like a built, athletic black guy who's actually but again, can go. Well, again, and they threw they, him up there. They, uh, again, again, they did that to, for us to be two years later. He debuted at NXT Brooklyn 2, I believe. Possibly. Uh, and he's now Tardis Royal Sly. So for mm. you to say they seen an athletic black guy. No, I'm to, saying that, know, they needed the, that they needed somebody new that's uh, black on the roster. And you say, hey, look at this guy. Saying, I think that they hot shot him because he's black I don't think, and he's good. But that's what I'm saying. He's, again, he's not good because we haven't. He's good in like in like the ring. And he's a, and he's physically, a, look at his look at him. You a, know, he's, again, booking black. This is our segment to say, let's strip it down. He has not been... Sh- Presented well to show any type of versatility. My point is this: I know I'm, 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 I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying they shot shot at him. He's too fast, but the reason why they did it is because he like they need to you know to fill a a body like a, a, to make it diverse. You know the roster. It was a bad idea. It's not what they should have done. They should they should have gave him some more time in NXT to develop that character because if anybody needed it, it was him. You know, I would love to see him had a long program with Andrade. I mean, why can't he just if go he had back a program down with there. Andrade? That would been why dope. Why can't go back down there? Like the what? Like it, mm. like you've you've done it before. Tyson There's too King. many people in NXT right now. That it's stacked. Who, who cares? It, and it's not stacked. There, he's gonna be. It's not lost stacked in the when shuffle. Keep, he's not, also right now on the Raw roster, but he's lost in the shuffle. You get won't, lost. He won't in be. NXT. No, he won't be because it's only an hour. <laughs> it's written better. They take care of their characters better. It's development there. He, he he doesn't have to worry. He can actually work with a, a coach. Titus isn't a coach. Titus is a good professional. But what is Titus going to get over, nigga? What am well, I going to Who are they going to push? Who are they, who are they going to show love to? They're not going to show it to Apollo Crews after after his, his run on the main roster. They're going to show it to the Ricochets, the Adam Coles, the EC3s, the Velvet CT, are you not paying That's attention to what, what I'm saying is that people go down to NXT to revigorate their career? I'm, I said that's so what I'm not saying. disputing that. But so okay, but that's what I'm saying. We're booking black. We're, this is what I'm, he's not doing anything right now. So why not take him down to NXT and give him a few? Because you're bringing up Velveteen Dream. You're bringing up Alistair Black. You're bringing up Adam Cole. Those guys are not staying in NXT very long. 
You know what I mean? Like, once Johnny Gargano goes up to the main roster, he's not going to the main roster. They're taking his ass to 205. It all depends on what's the roster looking like. And if, that's, if the roster's looking light, Johnny's no problem Right now, at this moment, you can't bring him to the NXT. Right now, at this moment, you can. Right now, at this moment, you can definitely bring him down to NXT. Uh, I totally disagree. Yeah. Because, I mean, why, why not? Ricochet and Adam Cole, they're getting their feud out the way on SummerSlam. What are they going to do with the rest of their time? My point. I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you because talent wise, EC3, you think he's gonna be Bobby Roode was hot shotted because that's EC3's role. He's gonna have a feud and he's gonna send his ass up to the main roster. You're, you act like it's, you're saying a stack is gonna be lost in the shuffle. They can easily make room for him in NXT just like they did Tyson Kidd, just like they did. Cesaro. That was a different time. That was a different time. That roster they had, they had, was stacked down there, man. That was a different time, and they they and they brought him down for a little while, and that was when it was just getting, um, they were just uh, getting it off the ground NXT. So it made sense to bring people that you can see and notice from the main roster. You, they I wasn't doing anything. When's the last time they brought somebody down? Zack Ryder, you know, that's the last time they brought somebody down. They don't do that now because they don't have space on the roster. I'm telling you, they're, if, they're gonna work with their PC guys more than they're gonna work with Apollo Cruz. It's not so much working with him. It's Again, the television and production that you see on NXT is is just Nick Jr. of WWE. If you just take him down there and not so much that they're, they're of course they're going to work with the development guys, but they're invested in Apollo Crews already. Why not continue to invest in Apollo Crews? Why not say, hey, you need it's baseball. It's send them to the minors. Polish them up a little bit. All right, I think you give them too much credit. And I, how do I give them too much credit I when they that, literally yeah. just bought the whole block of where we live at? Dude, they, they, I think you give them too much credit. I'm not talking about business with, with the block. That's different. I'm too much credit with booking for Apollo Cruz in NXT right now. It's, it's too much credit. I think you give them too much credit to say, oh, they can find a spot for them. I don't trust them. How don't you trust with NXT when they've done everything right? It's not NXT per se. It's that. I don't trust him right now putting him there to um, capitalize on him in the way. You know what? Maybe if you... If we you literally him, just said if, if we he, give Triple H the book for booking the women, he can do it. Triple H has the book down at NXT. He can make things work. He has three months to make these women who are... Okay, let me con- ask you a question. Conjunctive. What, what do you think Apollo Crews' ceiling is? Apollo Crews' ceiling could be an Intercontinental Champion. He could be right, what that's how, you, that's how you see it. Then, that can exactly then, then fuck it. Bring him down to NXT. I'm, he, I'm looking at him. That I want to see him be, bigger than that. You know, he's and, not. He's but, not. He's not big. He's not in the vein of Biggie because he's not going to draw like Biggie. He's he, he's a good mid Carter, which is fine. And I was I, I would love to see him in an intercontinental title feud. I would have loved to seen him turn on Titus. I would love because it shows character development at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and once you do that, and like you said, you started off and saying him on the mic. He has improved on the mic, but just how Ricochet couldn't have just been signed and then hot shot it to the main roster, he need that time to develop and not just uh, NXT taping and then uh, takeover and then send him up. He needed a run. He did. He NXT. did have a run. He was in there for like six months. He was there for it wasn't it wasn't long, but it wasn't longer than just two tapings and. You know, he had a couple of uh, uh, he had a title match with Samoa Joe. I think he had he had a couple of things happen over there in NXT for a while. It just was way too soon. It was like right after the WrestleMania, or like after he debuted that summer. It was ridiculously fast for him. I, I'll say right now, Andrade and Apollo Cruz in a feud would be 
dope. Uh, I mean, and still, Andrade's ceiling is a mid-carrier. So, again, if you're saying that would be, there's, again, that's the, I don't see Andrade as a world champion. Mm. I see Andrade as I'm a U.S. I, champion. I'm back to differ. Andrade's not a world champion. Not, not in this. A transitional champion, I think he's, is a ceiling. Especially because he's Latino. And he can, and he, and he can move. And with, especially with Zelina Vega at his side. They, they, they need that vein. They need that pocket. And I think he could be transitional champion. Now, we'll see. I mean, if you're talking about him getting a title because he's Latino, then, nigga, a black champion has been due for the past umpteen years. But they cater towards, I think, a Latino crew, a fan, fan base more because of Mexico. Which is a, which is a problem. That yeah, they, that's why we haven't, Alberto had the title for Matt Long. They, they cater towards a Spanish um, demographic more than... We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. A black demographic. That's just what, it's what it is. That's why I say Andrade has a higher ceiling than Apollo Crews. Um, but, yeah, that's my booking black. I think that he has shown me that he has more to give and that heel turn is going to come. I think that we're going to get that. Which would be so good, man. It'd be so good. I would, I, it would, listen, that whatever, I'm, and I get it, what they're trying to do, you know, with him and Titus Worldwide and, and Titus O'Neil and backing him up. But I think if I was booking him, which is the segment, I would book him into heel and um, it looks like that maybe Seth may get the belt back. You're talking about Andrade's and Apollo, Seth and Apollo. Seth and Apollo can be a real kind of like Night of Champions match, you know what I mean, a filler pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a main type of, but it gives them some time, you know, because when you put them on a big card, you don't really have a lot of time, mm-hmm. you know. But you put them on a, a, a Night of Champions and say, hey, you got 12 minutes. I think they can go ahead and burn that house down. Uh-huh. And if you don't know about Paul Cruz, if you don't know about his skills, uh, look him up. Go back and watch his stuff as Uha Nation in the Indies. Go back and watch his stuff at NXT. Go watch watch him. You know when he, when, you just go back and watch his stuff. So you'll get why we think he has his potential. I know that um, they haven't portrayed him very well in the past couple of years. So it's, so some of you might be hearing us and be like, really, Paul Cruz. Intercontinental Champion, but trust me, go watch his stuff, and all he needs is that character development. Once he gets that, he's off to the races. So, with that said, that's our Booking Black segment. Um, let's move on to Business and Logic and wrap this shit up. Yeah, man, um, my Business and Logic um, segment is dedicated to a bro of mine, uh, the bro. Bro, bro, <laughs> the bro, super, bro. The super king of bros. Um Matt Riddle has been rumored to be making his debut um, or his NXT or WWE um, debut very soon. 
um, through crowd shot yeah. <laughs> NXT crowd yeah. shot today the iconic NXT crowd guess who's here in the front row yeah. just happens to buy a ticket yeah. <laughs> uh so um, business wise I think this is super fantastic uh, for him and for them um, I think they are getting a transitional superstar he's a transitional or transcending? I mean, shit, a uh, transcending superstar. Yeah, okay. Um, I think they're getting a transcending superstar. Just um, just be... Uh, if you know who Matt Riddle is and are familiar with his work, you just kind of know that he's he's super fan-friendly, for one. Yeah. And for two, he has a great look. Uh-huh. And Dude's ripped. And for three, he's legit. Yeah, <laughs> so, he, he's a worker, man. He's a great talent. Shooters, he's a great talent, great talent. But um, I will say, in the words of uh, Stephen A. Smith, can he stay off the weed? You think that's possible? Um, does it? I mean, pay, I I think it's possible. Um, weed comes in different forms now, so he doesn't have to necessarily smoke it to get high. Okay. You know, but but. Isn't it in your system? THC is gonna be gonna come up. No, I mean no you how. can CBD, dog. You can do oils. You can hit wax. Like, come on, man. THC is gonna be in your system. Still, you, Riddle's been getting high. If he wants to get high, he'll find a way. And if he just wants to pay the fine, he'll pay the fine. If he wants to stop so he can just get through mm-hmm. training, I mean, think about it. Because we all seen cautionary tales like RVD, where RVD, you know, he's just incredible. But we all know RVD could have been so much more in WWE. But maybe his personality and his um, drug use may have hindered him. So, I mean, we don't want to see him hindered. We want to see him reach the, the height of the height that he can get. And I'm just wondering if if that's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm not, not judging at all because, I mean, you do your thing, bro. Uh, but that's what I'm curious. super excited because the bro is going to be in Orlando. So it's going to be Applebee's. Galore! Whenever the homie, cut. the dude can scarf down like two two for twenties by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I saw him out eat Jeff Cobb mm-hmm. one time. Oh, well, I'm gonna be like, I'm not sure about him eating and all that stuff, but I will be seeing him at NXT. I will. Like, I'm looking forward to it. If he shows up, I would love to, um, you know, see what they how they're gonna work with him and see who who will he face, who will he fight. Um, the, the stories they can tell with him, and he's just a likable character. You know, I, I, you've met the guy. I haven't met the guy, but just seeing him from what I've seen, he just seems super likable. He's super likable, you know? man. Um, we, I, um, as a PA for MLW, um, when he worked a, a couple spots there um, before the TV deal, because contractually with Evolve, he couldn't be on TV. And once we found that out, we kind of already knew mm-hmm. where we were going with that. Uh, but he was um, he was a, he was great to to work with. Um, you know, Bruce said he's a delight to work with mm-hmm. as far as you know producing for him and and with him and stuff like that. Um, go watch his match with Shane Strickland. Any of them, I would suggest you watch the one from MLW. But mm-hmm. I think they had one in Defy. They it was had, crazy. Yo, they they have they great tore the chemistry. They house down yo, to like, MLW at least. I was there that night. It was crazy. Um, so I I think as far as like I said, business goes, um, I think he will be a guy that can since their population is white. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? For him to come in as who he's going to be already, pack, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. packaged with the kind of WWE push, I think he, you know what I mean, with the legitimacy of you, especially, listen, man, I know I'm I'm high hyperbole right now, but if Brock keeps the title and Matt Riddle and Brock Lesnar anytime soon, I know not anytime because we were because if you want to talk business and logic, we hear about another MMA MMA, MMA ah, what MMA <laughs> guy coming through. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, Came Velasquez. He was as we we saw him at NXT taping and. There's, there's um, you know, whispers of him possibly signing with WWE. Man. And he's uh, a huge wrestling fan, so that would be, that's listen, a possibility. That's the, and he's the guy who knocked Brock Lesnar out. The, was it Kane Velasquez? Kane knocked him out and won in the first round. Huh. So that is already built in the storyline if they were to go that route. Well, would you look at that? Mm-hmm. Um, something else is a little lighter on my radar, but I'm still got my antennas up. There's a little conspiracy theory going on um, that, I mean, of course, it's just the internet wrestling community just being the internet wrestling community. But ROH, New Japan, and WWE having some type of talent exchange was something that was... Um, whispered around and I mean that's basically what they do already kind of I mean you know what I mean hey let Uh me get Shinsuke let me get Finn (laughs) Uh, let me get the good brothers let me get AJ so yeah you know they got they, 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 they do they do do that so the writing is on a wall that is there some kind of conspiracy that they're all working together WWE is bankrolling ROH in New Japan in some ways low key and I, I I highly doubt it, but I would say that's a really genius thing if WWE did try to do that and keep it under the wraps and keep it low key because yeah we have all these cynical fans who just go oh, fuck WWE watch ROH fuck WWE watch New Japan and if they're already bankrolling those shows then it's like nigga we get in your bag anyways we're we, you know honestly you're really they're working for us you know so essentially WWE well that's just in product one of the things that also but I don't think that's happening. One of the things that got me kind of my radar earlier thinking about this was when the Fox deal really went through, and I remember ROH being on Fox. So I'm like, damn, Sinclair just got booted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, where are they going to be, you know what I mean? Like, where can Sinclair get another, you know, TV deal from, or, you know, wh- where would it be shown? Because um, that's where I would see ROH, I would see it on Fox free TV on Fox, you know, just to come on. Um, But now thinking about it, man, if... I know WWE would be territorial, but to draw... It's essentially going to be a monopoly. Yeah, Yeah. it would be, you know what I mean? For, For them to have power over everything, I don't see why it wouldn't work, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where... These companies are still independently owned, mm-hmm. but they have a working relationship yeah. with WWE. Um, because influence, they have influence, and it, it could be a bad thing, it could be a good thing. But it, it, I, I think what, that they'll keep to let them do their thing. I think WWE will let them do their thing. Yeah, and I, I don't didn't know want what a, the bad thing would be about that though. Yeah, I, I, I just don't like a company having that much influence in any industry at the top like that at all. Because then 
the, the culture does change. The culture does get trickled down. The culture does get influenced by the main thing at the top. And I just don't like that. You know, when you have a, a Microsoft running shit, we have one way of operating a computer and for years until Apple, you know, gets their gets their vein. Now we have two, but it's so it's still and like yeah, it's still you're, you're still stuck. Yeah, you know, so you got that. But when it comes to New Japan, Lucha Underground, not Lucha Underground, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, we'll say, let's say all the indies, WWE, I want to ask you this really tough question. Is Impact, Lucha, and MLW under ROH and New Japan? Like, is it, do you see WWE at the top, then it's ROH and New Japan, and then the next tier is Impact, Lucha Underground, and MLW? Is that how you see it? Because that's how kind of how I see it. Um... The- I guess you can say that because the I will put MLW just because of the licensing. I will say MLW. Well, honestly, man, WWE of course is at the top. Um, ROH, as far as being known and creating stars, and New Japan from their legacy, of course, would be second tier for where you want to go. And I would agree with with kind of how that pyramid falls. Um, I do would like to say that. Between Impact, Lucha, and New Japan, they do, from a production aspect, bring something different that, you know, New Japan always is always grainy to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? It's always shot on it like... Feel, it's like a little bit more, um, what's the word? It's not hardcore. It's more... It's grainy. Brutal, kind of like stiff shots. It's it's called... It's, it's, to, it's to make you feel like... I'm just the production wise. Yeah, production like wise. The, but like, I think it's I think it's purposely. I think it's purposely grainy, grainy to make it feel different. I mean, but when you're in the when we're in a world of HD, bro, I won't. It's I Japan. They know that. I understand. I don't watch TV if it's standard. That's what I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like you can try. We'll search through YouTube just to find a clearer video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It may be the only video out there. You know what I mean? But. So when it comes to production-wise, and ROH always looks... I can't say anything about ROH because ROH and MOW are kind of in the same in the same vein as far mm-hmm. as how small the venues that they run. Okay. You know what I mean? Impact is the same way because they run a pretty small venue. Lucha, as far as the presentation goes, um, TV-wise, presented to me, and MLW, how it's presented to me, I love how that is is done as far as um, they're not too caught up on it being necessarily just a TV show. But that's a that's more of a tasting, you know. That's how you that's that's how you see it. And that's subjective. I I, yeah. I think once MLW outside of the infancy, once they start getting a few more recognizable stars other than the ones of yesteryear. If they start getting a lot more independent, like they they kind of, I don't want to say they catapulted Joey Janela because Joey Janela name was completely out there, but the partnership of having Joey Janela with MLW kind of boosts the the both of them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to that's going to happen. Like Shane Strickland is next. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shane's going to be in NXT really really yeah. soon, and I think it's going to be because of the work that is shown. Through MLW, Absolutely. you know, so um, I think that um, I don't have any problem with kind of what 
what's presented there. I do think that MLW kind of with if they continue with this with the steam that they have, if they're able to utilize their resources and and get talent like a Rich Swan, like a ACH, like a John Hennigan, like a low key, respectable names that still have cachet outside like I mm-hmm. think Hennigan Bounce yeah yeah, yeah yeah Sammy Callahan like they can I think they can go and draw at ROH mm-hmm. and New Japan absolutely if they wanted yeah. to bump up in that tier you and know then you got I mean? Young who is just she's a unique being in herself she, Jimmy Havoc yeah, Jimmy Havoc yes um, do they have a women's division cause cause Sue Young just comes in there and just whoops some men's ass I, I don't yeah. I don't think they have a women's division, but they do have women wrestlers. Okay, you know, what yeah. I, mean? I remember the first night I saw a couple of women wrestlers, but they don't have a division yet. And I think that getting Sue Young to come over there and do her, her spots with those, you know, enhancement talents. Uh, she and, just and I think there. that's what kind of puts. I would like to put Impact up there with New Japan and ROH actually, because that's mm-hmm. what kind like without Impact, without TNA. You know that's where we don't we don't get a okay. rejuvenation of Kurt Angle or Sting or it's just their image is so tarnished. But I think what's anniversary happening is helping rebuild. All or the time. and then what made me think about yeah. that? I'm sorry about that. But what made me think about putting them up there is when you mentioned women division. Okay, their yeah. one, they yeah. their women division impacted. WWE's women division. If you want to talk, if we want to get, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You want to get real with it? That's, yeah, that's like honest having their knockout that knockout division. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It kind of revolutionized, showing that hey, you know, um, in this new day and age of of work, if you let them go, you, yeah. they, you'll, you they can actually go. And WWE's giving them, you know, three minute matches, five minute matches, oh, not even five minutes, three minute matches. It's 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 that's when people are like wait, we know women can go. Why are we not seeing it on Bro, the main? Like, under Trish the and Lita really main evented a Raw. And Trish had, like, I don't think she had any wrestling experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before, like, doing a main event. Like, her seeing Trish Stratus, we saw the legit progression and character development mm-hmm. of a person who just have, a fitness model coming in. No and had no experience. No nothing. Like, uh, was just a, a valet. Taking her first then, bump. Yeah, and then starting to, you know. Build her character and, and take, build her in ring style. Trish, I have so much respect for Trish. She's 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 an OG man. So watching that and then the knockout and having mm-hmm. Gail Kim leave, WWE. and I don't mean to, to shit on Trish and Lita, but after Trish and Lita, they they did legit exactly. didn't they didn't invest and they didn't they, they didn't, didn't invest you they know didn't. and that's and 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 like I said, TNA put that pressure on them. Yeah, TNA put go. that pressure on them, just like New Japan kind of put that pressure on them. You know the partnership and the talent exchange of our and I, and listen, I'm. I don't want to say pressure in the sense in the sense of any WWE feels no pressure, mm-hmm. but WWE WWE also knows as an entity they're an entertainment company, but at the end of the day they're a wrestling company. Yeah, and they need to evolve wrestling wise. And they need to evolve wrestling wise. And by seeing others do it, just how with like you know special effects or CGI mm-hmm. or technology, you know Samsung came up on Apple's ass. You know what I mean? As far and it made Apple improve, mm-hmm. or and it pushed each other. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like down the line, NXT's model will, will take over the main roster down the line. I think that NXT is going to push eventually the main roster to be more influenced by the buzz that it creates. When you have five star pay per views consistently, 
it's just about a matter of time. I'm not saying it's going to be next year. I'm not saying it's going to be a year after that. But down the line, we're going to get a product that's a little bit more. I'm not saying exactly like NFC. I think it's going to be a little bit more. Um, it's going to be a little bit more catered towards us because we love because it pushes us to like, hey, you know, if these guys can do it. They can do it on the main roster. We know there's tons of talent on the main roster that can be written and done, performed better. You know, or just written better in general. So yeah. But that said, I think that that brings us to the end of the show. Yeah, episode man. ten is a wrap. Ten episode, episodes in. Ten episodes and in. I want to tell you guys, ten episodes in. This has been great experience. You know, I I, I love doing this. I'm excited to do it every week. Um, we'll be around. We're here to stay. Uh, so ho- holla at us on Twitter. You know, hit us up on all the medias of social socialness and RW Podcast One on Twitter. You know, hit us up on our YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast. We got our Facebook. We're on Instagram. Hit us up, like us, whatever you want to call them. Follow, subscribe, uh, share. Share. Listen, um, we are just two black guys that like to watch and consume and talk about wrestling. And uh, we listen to wrestling podcasts. We know that our audience listen to wrestling podcasts. So if you like what we're doing, also leave a comment on one of those uh, lovely platforms. Absolutely. And let us know. Like, give us feedback. We definitely would appreciate it and like it. Your opinion matters. You know, we're not the only ones with wrestling opinions. And we want to have some engagement with our audience. We want you guys to highlight us and let us know. Um, we, we, we tend to have takes on takes, but um, we want you to have your takes on our takes. So takes on takes, takes on, on takes. takes on takes you know <laughs> takes on takes on takes takes on takes on takes so if you guys have those takes please hit us up and let us know yeah hit us up like you said follow us on Twitter rw at rw podcast one um, we're on SoundCloud and YouTube uh, Reasonable Wrestling Podcast uh, Instagram Facebook Reasonable Wrestling Podcast um, thank you once again week ten ten. 